Welcome to Story Over Everything with Edward Atwell and Chaz Reed. What's going on, everybody? This is Aaron Edward Atwell here. I'm here with my co-host, Chaz Reed, the co-host with the most weird things going on right now. What's happening, dude? Yo, what up, what up, what up? It's your boy, Chaz Reed, representing Chaz Reed Films. What's good with you, A-Dog? Not a lot, man. Just been staying busy. Uh, you know, I had the, the trip to Cleveland last week for the wedding. Had the trip to Knoxville, Tennessee this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and looks like I'll be heading to Chicago next week to uh, do some more filming. Um, so, you know, staying busy, staying on my grind, keeping the, the cash flow green. Papa was a rolling stone. What? Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. Cut. Not playing. What have you been up to, dude? Uh, the usual, man. I got a double header this weekend. A double header? And I'm like, I'm like tired already. Like, mm. oh, why did I do that? I know. Where are they at? Um, my first one is in um, Rocky Mount on Saturday. And my second one is in um, um, Cary Sunday. Mm. So... And then, and then back to work on Monday. Back to work on Monday. No, no, I'm off. It's holiday. Oh, that's right. It is a holiday. I forgot about that. It is. Woo woo. Dang, I completely forgot it was a holiday. That's good. At least you get a day to to relax. You know, rest. Yeah, man. And um, what else is happening? Uh, shoot, I don't remember. Oh yeah. So I text uh, I text the groom for the Saturday one, and I was like, "Yeah, I haven't got a timeline or anything yet. Um, could you get with the planner and let me know and and tell her I need a timeline so we can work out everything logistic wise?" And he was like, "Okay, well her number is blah blah blah." So I text her like super early this morning because I was mm-hmm. up at like four, four thirty. You text her that early? No, I text her like five, five something. Dang. But I'm saying, like, when you wake up, you'll see it. That's all I was thinking. Right. And, um, yo, like, she just takes back, like. Just now? Like, 30 minutes ago. What? I asked her. I gave her, like, this long spiel. Like, I tried to, like, make it nice and all this. Let me find it. Text message. I'll read it to you when I sent her. I was going to say, she didn't do, like, the one more reply, right? I always hate that when I have, like, a text that I'm, like, I put some thought into or an email or something. Uh, and, you know, you send it out. And then you get a reply back like, okay. Yeah. Like, what do you mean, I said, okay? I said, good morning. This is Chaz, the videographer for the wedding. We have to get it this Saturday. I was reaching out to you because I might have missed your email with the timeline for Saturday. Could you send me that again whenever you get a chance, please? My email is blah, blah, blah. Um, Thank you. And I look forward to working with you. Right. Bro, she texted me back. That was it. That was it. Almost six o'clock this morning. She texted me back at 5.50, and she said, hi, you will have to be to the church by one because the wedding starts at two. I texted the groom. I was like, bro, <laughs> I sent him the straight face emoji, and I was like, this is what she sent to me, and I sent it to him. He replies back, man, we've been having a time with her. The wedding started at three. Bro. What? How you don't even know you don't oh, even no. know what time the wedding start. But oh, I'm no. like, if y'all don't if y'all if y'all not gonna tell me any more details, 
bro, you you're not getting no prep. Like, I don't care what you pay for. I'm not yeah. about to be daggone jumping hoops to film your prep. Like, you told me, okay, you want me to be there at two or one? I'll be sitting right at that church. Yes, sir. <laughs> right, right in one of them pews waiting for you. Because I don't care. <laughs> like, you know about to stress me out. Oh. Dude, that's funny. Anyways. That's so funny. But how are they not on the same page? Like, man, I don't know, dude. Some wedding planners, they're just... Man, they're that's not, what I'm not real good. I wanted to ask him. I was like, bro, like, is this your aunt or like, did you like, <laughs> did you like pay somebody to do this? Because you know, if it's your aunt, then you know, just let me know now. Because my expectations can be a lot lower than what they are. Right. But um, if you pay somebody, I feel bad for you already. Yeah. So, I mean, I've worked with some good planners and I've worked with some bad planners. And mm-hmm. you know what? I bet they could probably say the same about video people, you know? Like, they play with oh, yeah. some, some good people, and then some that are like, man, this has got to be their first time. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, dude, <laughs> with that being said, here's a quick word from our sponsor, Music Bed. So, Chaz, you know what always gets on my nerves? What's that, man? When you have this wedding to edit, right? Mm-hmm. And you spend that first like three hours trying to find a song. I mean, you know what, everybody knows what I'm talking about. Like you, you have in your head, like, man, I just really need a really good song, but you're, you're browsing and you're browsing and you can't find it. Not only have we been there, but so has the team at Musicbed. And in fact, that's the entire reason that they've built their platform. They collaborate with hundreds of artists, bands, and composers, and they've made it easier than ever for you to get the perfect song for your film and get back to what you're supposed to be doing, which is editing. Hey, you know what guys, they're even offering us an exclusive promotion right now just for Story Over Everything listeners. Um, If you sign up for a wedding subscription today, you get your first month for free. Let me say that one more time. If you sign up for a wedding subscription today, you get your first month free. And all you gotta do is use the coupon code Story Over Everything when you check out. We all know that some lame wedding music is just, it can make Gosh. or break your whole film. It can do, because, I mean, we, we've been there. Right. You get on there and you just scroll through these things and it's like, man, I done heard this song six times. Yep. Never again. Sign up for Music Bed. Use that promo code. Get that first month free. Check it Story out. Story of everything, baby. Yeah. So, Chaz, we, yeah. uh, we recorded a podcast last week that the audience will never hear. Yeah, it's in the uh, it's in the hidden, the hidden tapes, the lost tapes. What do they call those things? Like, you know, somebody finds them like a long time. Yeah, like the lost tapes. Yeah. Um, we had a special guest on, with a technical malfunction, um, so we didn't have all the audio from the podcast. Yeah. But what we uh, what we had talked about, and we'll give everybody a quick rundown before we get into today's uh, into today's topics. Um, we talked about commercial videography and you know some the big parts were what what kit do you need to get into commercial videography uh, what was the other stuff dude mm. oh yeah how do you break into it like how do you get your customers yeah um yeah. and then also the audience missed my first and maybe last nugget of the day which mm, for anybody who may have heard it and those lost tapes in the future you're welcome <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Chill out, dude. 
um, such as the first one, uh, as far as, you know, what kit do you need to do commercial videography? Um, in some scenarios, you know, I think that it can differ from wedding videography, but to get started, just use what you have, right? That was my right. summary of, of my opinion. Now, right. when you get into some other things, like if you're doing screen work or something like that, you know, you may need to look at stepping up into, you know, like a commercial camera. Um, yeah. Or something with, you know, like a GH5 with 10 bits so you can, you know, key things out smoothly, things like that. Right. Um, but overall, like, I don't want anyone to use, you know, the excuse of I don't have the right equipment as a crutch to not get started. Um, mm -hmm. I would urge everybody to start today and, you know, just kind of figure it out as you go along. Like, do your research while you're making money you know, on what you need next. Um, and once you hit the limits of, you know, the kit that you have, then upgrade. Yeah. Your equipment definitely has to grow with you. Um, you know, you, you might be a, a beast with a, you know, a micro four thirds camera, whatever you shoot on, but um, you need to there's going to be a certain, at some point, you're going to have to have a certain image when you show up, depending on how much money you make. It's just a part of the world. Like, it's yeah. just. Unless it's you're just famous. It. Unless you have, like, you know, 100 million followers and, you know, people expect yeah. a certain thing out of you. Um, but, you know, from a customer-client relationship, if you show up there and, you know, pull your iPhone 7 out of your pocket, um, things are going to get weird pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, when you're starting out, use what you got um, and, you know, learn about lighting, learn about, uh, you know, marketing, different things. But as far as kit goes, use what you got and, you know, kind of just like weddings, like once you hit the limits of the equipment, it's time to upgrade. Um, or if you yeah. have a client request a certain thing that you don't have, you know, so if you've got a client, uh, you know, requesting like, you know, some GoPro stuff or something, I don't know, like you might have to go invest in something new. I'm going to spend that money, guys. Yeah. That's the fun part, though, right? That's what we're all in this for. Mm, not anymore. <laughs> Some people... Did, did you... Uh, quick uh, sidetrack here. Did you see the new camera releases this week? I did. I actually you, did. And I, what do you think I thought, about them? I think they're starting to get very um, lame, to be honest. Like, nothing is like... Like, whoa, wow... Like, it's kind of like, oh, you change this to that. Oh. Yeah. I hear yeah. that. So the, I'll give a quick rundown of my, my opinion on these things. Um, maybe it wasn't all this week, but, you know, recently Blackmagic did the Pocket 6K mm -hmm. um, with the Super 35 sensor, which, I mean, that seems like a, a nice setup. I was kind of confused who they're aiming for. You know, like, at a... At a $2,500 price point, um, you know, serious, like, movie makers probably aren't looking at it, um, you know, over their reds or Aries or whatever. Right. Um, it just seems like a strange price point. And then, you know, the people who operate in that price point would be, you know, freelancers and, and things like that, wedding videographers, you could probably say operate at that price point. But I'm, I struggle to see who would need 6K footage, you know, raw footage, like... You know, like that seems like overkill for for that type of a budget. Mm. Uh, I, I guess so. I think I think um, 
me and a homie was talking about this a little while ago. You want to, you don't want to spend money to be current with the present. You know, if you're going to spend money, you want to spend money <clears throat> in something that's going to last you for a while. You know, yeah. it's kind of like, would you buy a camera that only shot 1080 right now? You know, I think we're moving past the 1080. It's becoming more of a common thing to be, you know, in 2K, 4K type thing. So yeah. I think the 6K, I think that's going to last them for a while until a lot of the rest of the economy catches up. And, yeah, um, I mean, sorry, go ahead. Then I feel like I feel like they're kind of forcing other camera camera manufacturers to kind of like all right let's step this up guys like are you gonna raise up to the bar or just stay in your your world you know yeah so that was that was i was gonna actually say the same thing is that the one thing i'm glad about while i still do think 6k is overkill for someone at that price point maybe like mm -hmm. a, a you know a cam that like fits in a car they're gonna crush or something i could see that being a use for it you know on a feature set um but the fact that they're going to keep pushing the boundaries of the industry is a win for videographers because you know when when competition pushes that competition you know other camera makers are looking at this and saying like okay well we can't release that 1080 camera now because it doesn't make sense um right. you know especially at the same price points so i think that we win in that because it's just going to fuel everybody to go farther and go harder and we win you know when people are making new stuff Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> the other stuff so you know the Panasonic S1H um, that looks kind of similar uh, except that it's full frame <clears throat> um, and you know it does the 6k I believe and <laughs> like so here's my thing Sony's got to do something soon or they're going to be they're going to be forgotten like in yesteryear with their A7S2. What do you mean, man? They just dropped the A6600. Dude, come on. That's weak. That's the same thing. Like, they've got a 61. They got, listen, they got the A6000, the 6100, 6300, 6400, 6500, 6600. Most of them are the same. And you know what I think about? I think about the Canon, um, um, the Canon T. One I maybe T two I T three I I think they're up to the seven, seven or eight now. Yeah, they make me think about the same thing. So. No, that's true. Did you see a uh, Canon also released that ninety D, which is a uh, twelve hundred dollars I think shoots four K DSLR. Yeah, I heard about the ninety D. I didn't hop on board of the eighty D board, and I dang sure ain't gonna hop on board of the ninety D board. So, whatever. yeah, I'm not. I'm not about to buy one either. Yeah. Um, no. So yeah, those are those are the recent releases. I think they're pretty interesting. Um, I heard from, you know, my local camera guy. Um, he I, so I went over there the other day to buy some some more stuff, and I asked him like, hey, any updates on that A7S3? Um, and he was like, actually, I had all the Sony reps in, uh, in town the other day. You know, took them out, showed them a good time. You know, just discussing like future stuff. And he said that, according to his information, it'll be shipping third week of September. Or released, I guess you should say. I'm just saying, man. 
That's uh. Yeah, right. You don't think so? No. Well, you heard it here first, folks. You know, call me Scoop. Yeah. Scoop Atwell. <laughs> Scoop Johnson. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So that that summarizes. Hey, Scoop. <laughs> Chill it. Stop, man. Quit it. <laughs> Um, yeah, that summarizes our, uh, our gear talk for the day. Um, and then the next, the next question of that podcast was, um, uh, like, man, how do you break into, how do you get your customers? How, like, where do you meet and find the people? Um, and my quick summary on that was you got to look at where you're spending your time and where they are spending their time. So, you mm-hmm. know, the customers that you want to work with, the level you want to work with, whatever you want to say. Like you got to find out where they are hanging out and you have to put yourself into their world. You have to, you know, pretty much just that you got to put yourself into their world where they know who you are and you have to build those relationships. Um, that's how, that's how I've had success. Um, I don't do, I don't really do any cold, like, uh, reaching out very often, but I have a Mm -hmm. couple of times and it's worked. Um, but I found the most success through building relationships, um, naturally. And then, remember, you were talking about the uh, the marketing agencies. Yeah, I think it. Um, I think it kind of you kind of have to real be like honest with yourself and and understand what kind of person you are and how you communicate. Like, if you're like an introvert, like eh, cold calling probably not going to work. Um, <laughs> are you walking up to random business owners talking to them? Eh, probably not going to work. But you know, it's ways around it, or you know. Or find just somebody that's good at it, you know, and you guys have kind of have like the same passion. Like, like I know with Aaron, Aaron is really good with like words and business jargon and stuff like that. Well, business I don't jargon. Really care. <laughs> like, you know, pay me, I'm happy, and that's about it. But I know if I were to, you know, team up with Aaron on doing like commercial work, he can reel in like the five figure type deals and on something where I might be like, okay, let me get a thousand dollars. And <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm serious. Like, it's just, some people just have the, the knowledge and the gift for it. Well, some we people do, don't, uh, like, we need to team up soon on some commercial stuff, man. I'm ready, man. I was I born ready. You just got to get out of that nine to five. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, soon enough. It's going to happen. I mean, you already got to go ahead. You're just, being chill about it yeah stacking but, up stacking up the big bills dog oh gosh not really Dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that kind of that kind of quick you know summarizes our last week's podcast that no one got to hear um and you know if somebody wants we can do future stuff on that but i i have a something i want to talk about today um or actually i want you to talk about um oh. Yeah, I know. So I was just thinking earlier today how crazy Chaz Reed is. And I was like, what kind of man is this? Um, and you remember uh, two weeks ago, I think, you know, where we were talking about, um, you know, managing time and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I want to, I kind of want to, so there's people out there that want to be mm. like Chaz, right? Mm. That mm. are not afraid to grind and they're not afraid to work. Um mm. But I think that you have some really good insight on how to stay like fresh and current, you know, in this industry. So mm. if you're up for it, 
I kind of want you to walk me through and in turn, you know, our audience through. What is it? Is it 42 this year? 42 weddings is what? I think, I don't know. I just booked another one. I don't even know why. <laughs> I booked one in December. <laughs> Come on, dude. <laughs> Bro, I don't know why I'd be doing this to myself, man. Um, so let's, yeah, let's take it step something. by step. So now at least 43. I'm sure you'll book another one. Um, at least 43 this year for people like me, like I had to do that last year, you know, because I needed to make some money. (laughs) Um, but man, I can't imagine being that type of, of person. You know, there's people out here that they're cool. Like I want to shoot 50 weddings a year. Um, and while that's not me, I think that, you know, we don't want to neglect those people because they, they made some assistance. So right. tell me, how do you keep your mind fresh, Chaz, through the course of a, a wedding, I mean, a year with 42 weddings? Like, how do you keep your, you know, mental, like, strength going? I think, um, I think I've always had this, this, like, a, I call it like a pump and dump type brain. Like, whatever's right in front of me at that moment, that's what I focus on. Once it's done, I forget about it. Like, it's, it's, it's over with. Mm. Like, I can go to a wedding. I can know the bride's name after the beginning of the day. I can shoot that wedding. And you can ask me the next day, what was my bride's name? And I'll probably have forgotten about it. So it's really just about being in that moment right then and there. Like, um, it helps you kind of push through the, the, the really rough, tired times, exhausting times, mm-hmm. because you're just like, okay, if you break your wedding day down, you have prep, you have the ceremony, you have cocktail hour, you have the reception, you have the send off. If you look at it in those five bits and you say, okay, well, let me give this all I have in this, this prep. Let me get as creative as I can during this prep. And that's all you think about. You don't think about the ceremony. You just think about the prep. By the time you've gotten everything you you need, it's time for the ceremony. So now my mind can dump the whole prep. I'm going to the ceremony. During the ceremony, okay, during the ceremony, I'm I'm kind of chill. I'm probably a little bit more chill than I need to be. (laughs) But, (laughs) like, you have my full attention when people are coming down. After that, and I've set my cameras on my tripods, yeah, I'm just, it's kind of just whatever. Like, I don't. Just chilling. I'm waiting to hear certain words, and then I'm moving again. But until then, it's just like, yeah, whatever. Um, (laughs) Cocktail hour. uh, So cocktail hour can be a breeze, but it can also be hectic. It depends on if you have a second. So sometimes I need to move stuff. I need to pack up stuff. I need to move it during cocktail hour or depending on if they're doing a room flip and if I don't have a second shooter then I can just move it out the way and then I can go shoot cocktail hour stuff but again you're just so into that particular moment like I'm not thinking about the reception during cocktail hour and um I just I just use that mentality with everything like with work um family um Weddings, everything is whatever is going on right then and there. It has my attention. If right. it's not going on right then and there, or I can't fix it, or 
it's not an emergency, I really don't think about it and I really don't care. Hmm. That's about it, though. Now that makes good sense. So if that's how you, so you, you compartmentalize things. Like you stay yeah. in this moment and you're not concerned about the next moment until it's here. Nope. So nope. I have a, I have a follow-up question then. In that, you know, in this type of compartmentalization, do you find that you have to keep like super accurate, like information? You know, like I see behind you, you've got your, your board very detailed. Like, do you oh. feel like you have to put all that information somewhere to stay on track? I do because you have so many, you have so many moving pieces throughout the year that you don't really have room for a mistake. You know, um, even when I'm getting a contract signed from a bride, even though in my, when you fill out the contact form, you tell me your wedding date, you tell me the venue, like I'll, those are required lines. Mm -hmm. Even after I get that and you say, okay, well we want to book so-and-so-and-so, I tell the bride to confirm all of that information again, because I don't want it to be like, oh no, Chaz, we said our wedding was October the 13th, not the 11th. No, you didn't, because <laughs> I asked you twice. And as soon as you told me, I put it in my Google Maps, which is backed up to a cloud. I wrote it down on these calendars that's behind me. So, and it's in the contract, which are stored by months and years on my computer. So it's like, which is also backed up by Google Drive. So you really have to be organized. So you, you don't have to think about it. You know, like I legit, I'm, I'm probably, and I'm, I'm bad for this and I know whatever. <laughs> Some people like meeting up with their, their, their couples and doing this and that. Bro, nine times out of 10, the first time I meet my couple or the first time I even see my couple is the day of the wedding. Right. And it's because the week of like the Thursday or the Friday is when I started thinking about the wedding. OK, right. when do I need to get there? Um, where's the prep at? Whatever, whatever. Once I get that timeline from the planner, I don't think about it anymore. Like my my alarm clock is set in my brain. OK, I know that prep for the bride is going to start at 12. She gets her hair done at one. I need to be in that particular city by 12.45, so I gotta wake up at this time and be out the door at this time. After I figure that out, I'm done thinking about it. Now, now I've switched to the point where um, I'm, I'm, I'm free and clear of that because I know what time I need to set my alarm for the day before, mm -hmm. and I can do whatever, whatever falls in front of me until then. Then the night before, I set that alarm and then it's just game time. So you got to you got to set yourself up to where you're not you don't want to be mentally bogged down all day every day. You know, you you want you want you you just want to make things as easy as possible for you, you know. I do um I ship out all of the the freight the freight trucks that leave Fort Bragg. I ship all of those out every day. So from the start of my work day to the end of my work day, I'm, I'm bouncing things around. I'm calling this, doing this, move this, bring this. I'm just bouncing everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. Right. So whenever I have a moment that I can do something to free that workload, that mental workload, I do it. Like sticky notes are my best friend. Right. Like my wife knows like, 
Yo, um, if she wants me to do something and it's not right now, you either have to send it to me in a text message or you have to write it down on a sticky note because I'm going to forget. I might be like, oh, yeah, that is a good idea. Yeah, I'll make sure I get that from the store. I'll tell you that. And like 10 minutes later, I'll be like, man, I'm sleeping. <laughs> like, I'm going to sleep. Like, I'm not thinking about it anymore, you know? Right. So, yeah, I just, I just treat everything the same way, man. That's funny because I think I'm kind of the uh, – there's different kinds of people, you know? Um, mm-hmm. You know, as far as building, like, relationships with your, your couples. Um, and there's some people, and some couples prefer, you know, the type of thing that you do where it's like, you know, they hired you to do a job, and they, you know, they like your work. They think that you're professional. So they mm-hmm. want you to come and do that. Um, but I find with my couples um, that – you know, we kind of develop like friendships. Um, so it's not odd for, you know, one of my couples to text me like a joke or like a funny picture or something yeah. um, before or after the wedding. Um, and some, you know, some people prefer that personable experience and some people like they want to focus on their day. You know, they're not, right. they're not looking for new friends. Yep. Um, and I think both are definitely valid ways clearly because we both are, are booked and have work. Um, mm-hmm. But I know that with as many as you're doing, that seems like the only way you could do it. Like, I can't imagine, you know, popping out that many and then trying to keep up with all their personal life, too. Yeah. <clears throat> that, that would be crazy. Um, so my next question, dude, and this is something that I'm kind of terrible at. Um, you know, I'm I'm definitely not afraid to admit that is so when you. It seems like you have a project or two every weekend. Every weekend. Right. How do you keep your your equipment organized to where you don't forget stuff? Because I will literally, no. you know, I'm kind of like you. Like, once my, <laughs> once my mind is freed of that, it tends to be gone. Yeah. Um, not, not necessarily, like, the details of my couple and stuff. But, you know, once I think I put that recorder in the bag, it's no longer a part of my my thought process so what kind of system are you using to make sure that everything is where it needs to be because i can imagine doing that many projects uh you know it would be easy to be like oh you know i put the recorder in my bag thinking you did but you left it Mm -hmm. on your desk like trying to transfer stuff yeah so how um, how do you prevent that shoot a couple months ago i forgot my um my whole daggone task cam, DR60, XLR <laughs> cables, and all that. Like, I was I was just ready to leave that wedding. And I realized I was like 30 minutes out. And I turned around and a couple had grabbed it for me. But, um... What about, have you ever forgot anything like a tripod or anything? Yeah, I have. Thank you for bringing that up. Smarty going to a party. I'm just messing with you, dude. <laughs> I did. And so and, and I'm glad you brought that up because every time you run into a problem, you need to figure out a solution and a solution that doesn't require you to think about it. Um, mm-hmm. So what I did when my. So. With my I have a Pelican case, I have a small carry on Pelican case, I think it's the um, I think it's the 5310 Pelican case It's the carry on size mm-hmm. and it has I have the um, the dividers and the Velcro dividers. So what I did one day was I unpacked everything I had. I took everything that I use commonly and everything that's kind of like yeah, every blue moon. 
And I organize my Pelican case to fit everything that I take on a wedding, either in there or on my, my bag that I like, my carry around bag or my right. camera straps. So if there's an empty space, I know what's missing. Hmm. Like every space in, this, in these places, it has something there. So it's kind of like if it's empty, you know something ain't right. You're like, okay, I'm missing this. I'm missing that. Um, um, so far as tripods and monopods and stuff, I don't really carry a lot of stuff in my trunk. So mm -hmm. I have the Manfrotto there, the travel tripods. <laughs> so they're like a foot and a half long. And um, I just leave them in my trunk. They don't bother anything. If I need to put something on them, I can. Like, they're not going to get hurt or anything. Right. So I, I have two tripods in my trunk. I have um, two monopods. I also have my lights because I've forgotten my light stands before. I didn't mm -hmm. forget the lights because I had the lights in my case, but I did forget the stands. So I had to, like, rig up this this crazy thing and, like, sit in a light on, like, an air conditioner van. It was... <laughs> Uh, it worked, but it was very spooky because the 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 music was vibrating in the vent and it was like shaking the light and it would like almost <laughs> fall off the edge of it. So, on, you know, man. I learned from that lesson. Yeah. And like my cameras are either, are either on my dual camera strap. Um, well, now that I only have three cameras, I have two cameras on my straps and I have one camera on my gimbal. I mean... If you grab the gimbal and you don't have no camera, you need to be like, uh, where's the camera at? Like, Where'd it go? <laughs> and if your strap is lopsided and you're like, hold on, this is kind of light over here. Where's this camera at? You know, type thing. And I don't take lenses off. So mm -hmm. um, my lenses stay on my camera bodies. That's a way to prevent dust from getting on your sensors. I do that also. I keep them. I always keep like them that. on. Yeah, I just keep them up there. Um, so, yeah, I, I lost the lens cap like like a month ago, man, and I'm I'm pretty devastated by that. But these daggone <laughs> Rokinon lens caps, man, they suck. They like fall off easily, so I don't know. I guess I gotta it's time for an upgrade. On the lens caps or on the the lenses? Probably the lenses. Once you look at that. Uh, uh, excuse me, I'm tired guys. This is real. Good, man. They understand. <laughs> you're you're on the ground out here, man. I've been up since four thirty, bro. Jeez. I slept Every in day, here's dog. my day Chaz <clears throat> I slept in uh, until about 9 woke mm -hmm. up went to the pool mm -hmm. with the kids uh, went home edited a quick project you know it's a quick turnaround from uh, Knoxville and then I ate lunch we got lunch from a restaurant and then I took a nap <clears throat> and now we're here man <laughs> I'm not yeah. tired at all, man. I feel pretty refreshed, actually. Man, I'm dog tired, bro. <laughs> Dude, I'm dog we, tired. We gotta work on that. I go to sleep. <laughs> man, I go to sleep like, <laughs> um, intentionally when I'm when I want to like lay down. <laughs> I go to sleep at like nine. Jeez. But I fall asleep. I can fall asleep on the sofa in all of my clothes, my shoes, everything <laughs> at like six o'clock. And I wake up at like two in the morning. Like, I remember those days, oh, man. 
Have you ever so, found like Casey, which you know, for anyone who doesn't know, is my wife. Like she always used to get mad when I would do that. Like when I was working a job, and you know, I'd just be so tired. I would sit there, you know, trying to watch like a movie with the kids, and I'm out. Like I'm gone. And she's like, "If you're tired, just go to bed." And I was like, I'm, "Come on, like, I'm not trying yeah. to go to sleep on the couch. Like, I'm trying to hang yeah. out with the kids." Yeah. Um, but dude, she That's always used to get so mad. She's like, "If you're gonna sleep, like, go, go to bed." Like, just yeah. let me sleep on the couch a little bit. Come on. She gets mad because I leave the TV on and I just doze off. I'm like, but I was watching it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I wasn't planning on going to sleep. It just kind of happened. Like, my yeah. bad. I but. fell up. Uh, I, mean, I fell up. That doesn't even make sense. I fell asleep sitting up one time. Uh, like, I was so tired. I was just sitting there and I was just like, just sitting still. And then, dude, she also, <laughs> she also used to get mad. Uh, have you ever done like the fake laugh? Like when I'm mostly dozed off and then like something funny happens and she's laughing. So I'm like, huh. like, <laughs> you know, like trying to make it seem like I'm still watching. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, oh you, or you be replying or you be talking or something and they go on like a little rant and you like wake up snore like, oh, 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 yeah, yeah. And they'd be like, were you just sleep? <laughs> You're like, no, 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 no. I was listening. No, I wasn't asleep. I was clearing my throat. <laughs> and then you do it again. <laughs> you fall right back to sleep. And you're like, you're like, I've had this throat thing all week. You know that. <laughs> yeah, that's me, dog. It's Dude, hard, so man. Funny. It's hard. Like, I'm not mm. going to say it's easy. Like, I make, I don't know why I work, guys, to be honest. I really don't. Like, I, I, no one does. <laughs> it's because you work. Like, I don't. I think I'm just, I think I feel like if I go home, if I don't work, then I'm going to be like, I'm going to run out of stuff to do. Because wow. like I said, I'm so, I'm so focused on one things. I like, I'm like, okay, this is a tree. In a week, I need to chop this tree down. Like that'll be the, <laughs> that'll be the whole thing. Like chop this tree down in a week and I'll get the ax and I'll start whacking at the tree. And I'd be like, nah, I'm about to knock this joke out right now. I'm going to chop this whole tree down. <laughs> chop, 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 chop. Like, I'm chopping, I'm chopping. I'm not going to quit what? until that tree is down. And then when it's down, I'm like, man, what am I going to do for the rest of the week? <laughs> so, like, it's it's only so many things that I could do. Like, if I, it's like if I quit the job. Okay, cool. I quit the job. Now I, I can edit my projects. Okay. All right. Boom. The project's done. Like, I'll be like. Now what? Now what I'm supposed to do? <laughs> Come hang so, out with me, man. Get some hobbies. Go skating. Man, you like get skate. tired of me, bro. <laughs> Chill out. I don't get tired of you, man. You'll be like, man, he doesn't have a life. He needs to go back to work. <laughs> Casey be like, Casey would be like, Aaron, listen, I like Chaz, but um, I think he's getting a little bit too comfortable over here. <laughs> like, <laughs> like is, is he planning on going back to work anytime soon? <laughs> right. So, nah, dude. You just you find stuff that you like to do, man. You get to, you know, travel, go see things, go go experience life. Yeah, I did it all, man. And you did it all. Listen to you. I, I'm I'm telling you, bro. I'm telling you, my car, my car now. I'm about to hit a hundred thousand miles. I got I got my car. It had five thousand miles on it. My first year freelancer mm. full time. I I when I um my first year, I had put seventy thousand miles on my car. Dang. In a year. In a Jeez. year, bro, freelancing. I was everywhere. 
Like, shoot. And I just saw how it did me. But, you know, I think things might have changed now because when I was doing that, I was that was at the beginning of my career. And it was like, if you're filming and you're making money, do it. So I was taking right. everything. And a lot of stuff I was taking was like, it was like sucking the life out of me, like draining me. Like my wife would be like, oh, you always complain. Like, why are you, why are you doing this if you, you're never happy with the jobs you're getting? And I was just like, man, I guess this is just a part of it. Like they come up, you know, right? just, and it get better. And it did get better, but what it took me to get better was me to get away from all of that toxic stuff and to get to the point where I wasn't um, accepting nickel and dime projects like, mm-hmm. you know, like, like now the lowest I'll pull out anything is like it's fifteen hundred dollars, like for anything. I don't care what it is. If it's not gonna make me at least fifteen hundred dollars, I'm not gonna do it. Yeah, it's not worth like, it. No, it's not. And um, I think having that backup power to say no to things, um, you find more joy in what you do. I'm just a greedy ass. I mean, a greedy butt. <laughs> Explicit tag. Thanks, Chaz. I, I just want, I just want, all, I just want all them greenbacks, man. Yeah, I know what you mean. So all them frog skins. We uh, <laughs> stop. We got a, oh. we got sidetracked a little bit there, but so I got a couple more questions for you. Um, when you're doing this many weddings, and I know this is something that a lot of people want to know about. And, you know, if you can divulge your information, do it, mm-hmm. do it here. But if not, you know, I understand. Um, how, how are you getting inquiries for this many weddings? Because I'm assuming you're not booking 100% of inquiries. So, like, if you've booked 42, you've had to get at least 100 inquiries, right? Yeah, I get a lot. Um, so, how, how are they, like, how are you getting the traffic? Because I know that's starting out. And even now, dude, I don't get a lot of traffic. Um I mean, I get bookings, and I think a lot of my stuff, kind of like my business stuff, is relational, like mm-hmm. referrals, like you know a person that knows me, like you know, like that that relationship process um, is how I secure a lot of my work. So, like, right. how are you getting enough inquiries to be booking that many? Marketing, man. Um, out of every wedding I do, I take a certain amount of money and I put it back into marketing for the business. Mm-hmm. A long time ago, I told you. I remember that conversation. You can, be the, you can be the best at whatever you do, but if the if 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 you don't put it out for the world to see, nobody knows about you. Mm-hmm. Period. Like I don't I don't care what you do. You can be the best cook. If nobody tastes your food, who gives a crap what you can cook? Like nobody <laughs> knows about you, right? You know. And the same applies with businesses, man. Um, um, if 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 Mercedes Benz, if Apple, if if Google, if all these guys, all these huge, humongous companies are doing paid marketing, what makes you think your company's different to where you don't need to do it? Like, I get that you can't afford it, and you just gotta do what you do. And some people they they prefer to work off of just referral basis. It's, you know, that's fine. It's your business, but. I knew with mine's uh, with my company, I wanted to stay busy. I wanted to be known in North Carolina. I wanted to be, you know, and that's just that's just the start, you know. It's just North Carolina, and I think I'm I think I'm pretty good in North Carolina, you know. Um, yeah, for sure. And it's like, 
you want to invest in yourself. You want to you want to always invest in yourself, um, you know, for personal growth purposes, for knowledge and all this stuff. And you also want to invest in your business just to get eyes on it, man. So if it's if it's if you're using, you know, Google, Wedding Wire, Banat, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, whatever, whatever you're doing, whatever you feel like is the best platform for whatever you do, mm-hmm. put the money in it and see how it goes. Test it out. It might not work the first time. Tweak something. Figure out what worked better. Why didn't they like this one? Why didn't they do this one? You know, and, and the fact that people might not realize and some people might not want to say if you're marketing for wedding stuff, hey, if your couple is ugly, the video can be amazing, but people aren't <laughs> going to respond to it. I don't know why. I don't know why. Like one of my favorite weddings, you know, film wise, like that I've done, the couple wasn't, you know, they weren't models. Let's just put it like that. Right. And um, I put it out there for marketing, man, and it was like crickets, man. I was like, dang, go. Am I getting bad at this or, or what is it? And then I can put out a whack one with a pretty couple, and they're like, oh, man, this is so beautiful. <laughs> like, I know, I legit know, I know, I know this photographer out of Miami. Right. Um, his work is good. It's good. He knows what he's doing. His work isn't amazing, though, right? Right. But I forgot what his starting rate is. It's high, though. It's like, it's like, it's like, I think it's like 5,000, his starting rate. And this guy is booked like, like two years out, Mm. right? But the reason why he's booked is because the brides that he booked so he shot like he shot like this um uh like it was like an r&b singer's wedding or something mm-hmm. once he shot that and he posted it all of these other pretty women or women that think they're like supermodels mm-hmm. started hiring so everybody saw his images getting posted and they were like wow this is so beautiful Everything is beautiful about the picture, the couple, the venue, all of this stuff. And they say, I want people to see my pictures and think the same thing. And that's why they book them. Right. So that's why people will book you. So if you start putting out products to where it's not the same cookie cutter wedding, you know, that's that's everywhere else. You 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 invoke some type of emotion in your edit, it'll be like, people will look at it and be like, wow, this person is amazing. I want them mm-hmm. to do my wedding, you know? And um, It's funny that you say yeah. that, because I was having a conversation earlier today with Jonas, uh, you know, my friend who's out in California, who was, uh, he was on, what, episode two of the podcast? Well, yeah, it was a bit early. Yeah, um, I was talking with him today about the same topic, um, and we were, we both agreed that you know, there's, you see like people charging a lot and, you know, sometimes their work really isn't that much better than what you can get for cheap. Um, and when I say cheap, you know, I'm not talking like 400 bucks because, you know, people in that price range are starting out and then learning. Um, but, you know, if you get to like $2,000, the work there, like the quality and the composition and stuff is not really so different than the work for $10,000 for right. 12, 15, you know, whatever. 
Now there are mm-hmm. there are filmmakers out there who are fantastic, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but like you see, like a not a very like rapid increase as that price is shooting through the sky. Mm-hmm. Um, but we we were talking about that, and it's like a lot of it has to do with your marketing and your branding. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like what what story does your marketing and what story does your branding tell you? And that's you know it just resonates because that's what you know you're talking about now. Um, yeah, so like that stuff is important. Like you have to learn that, and you have to figure out how to use utilize that, you know, for yourself. That's true, bro. Yeah. Matter of fact, matter of fact, with branding, if you want to hear the rest of this conversation, make sure you tune in next week. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> let's do it, man. Yeah, let's let's do a whole branding a branding episode next week. <laughs> But um, how does that make yeah, you man, feel? Yeah, that's, man, that's really it, man. That was like that video that <laughs> I sent you about the um, the Payless joint and uh, what was supposed to brand oh, they came dude. up with? Payless brand or Palessi? Palessi, <laughs> Palessi. Yeah, yeah. So I sent Aaron this video I found. I was I was lost in a YouTube black hole. That's what I do in my spare time. Um, it was about Payless wanted to market their their shoes as a high-end luxury brand from like Paris or something, some crap. I think it was so they Italian. Built like, yeah, like they built like this fake, this fake um, new shoe store called Palessi or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they invited all of these, um, like these so-called like fashion gurus and people like that to the grand yeah. opening. And they had like models and stuff in there. And, um, like the price tag on the shoes was like five hundred, eight hundred thousand dollars and stuff like this. Now these are yeah. payless shoes, but it was the packaging of the whole thing. And like they legit saw people, it was people in there legit buying these shoes yeah. that are like twenty. The same bucks. ones you could yeah, you go down the road yeah. for fourteen ninety nine. Like twenty dollars, fifteen ten dollars. And it was this one lady, it was a pair for like eight hundred dollars. Man, I think this lady bought like three pairs heels. They were talking about the shoes. Oh yeah, this brand is they um they they make exquisite blah blah blah. Like they only they only know about them in this country or whatever. Like right. they, were, they were just so full of it. And these people had no clue about this thing. And after these people swiped their cards and spent like thousands of dollars buying these shoes, they pulled them around the back and told them like, yo. These are $20 <laughs> Payless shoes. They were like, are you kidding me? Oh my goodness. But it's the same thing. Like, it makes me want to like do a test, right? Dude, we're going like, to do that. We're going to do that test. Yo, I just want to like joke my prices of like five grand. Like, this is where I no, started. No, higher than that, dude. Higher than like, that. I just want to see, like, I want to see what people do, how people react, you know? I yeah. know, you know, the higher your prices, the less you're going to book. But like, I'm saying, I booked to stay busy now, but if I can book less and make more, I might think about it, you know? Something yeah. to do. Dude, we, we got to try that. And, like, I'm talking, like, black ties, yachts, cliffs, yeah. you know what I mean? Straight up, bro. Because what it is, you know, they're just, that store, when they remodeled it and, you know, did the whole thing, they're just telling a story that these people will come in and, you know, allow themselves to tell them that story. So, like, they mm. go in there and they're like, you know what? 
I have great fashion sense and you know, I want to be known for that. And yeah. so they're just like, I'll take these shoes, not knowing that it's not a true story. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, I, I definitely want to try that too. I think we should do it together. It would be funny. I'm with it, dog. Yeah. We should but, be able uh, to do it with this wedding we got together. Really? I think it's on the 12th. I think it's, is that this month? I no, mean, I September? Yeah, I think I so, think right? It's, September it's, 12th? It's either September or October. I feel like October. It's, it's October 12th, I think. Yeah, but, yeah, like, that should be a... Uh, Where's it at? It's at the Prestonwood. Prestonwood Country Club. I just nice. left there. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's this October 12th. It's at Prestonwood. Yeah, I, I, I had a wedding there. But a couple, couple months ago, I'm pretty sure you know. I think the I think the groom is like I think he's uh. I think he just graduated. Like. He might be doing his internship. Mm-hmm. As a doctor, whatever you call it, whenever you're doing the, the doctor thing, he just become a doctor. Yeah, the residency. Inter- yeah, 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 yeah. I think yeah. he's doing that. And I think his wife, I think, I think, I think, I think they both doing it. I think they both like just graduated from Duke or something like that. Mm. So, you know, they're, they're like Middle Eastern and all this stuff. That should be dope. Yeah, it should be pretty dope. Because nine times out of ten, most of the time when, you know, Middle Eastern people especially, they they like following the footsteps of like their parents and stuff, you know. Yeah, so he probably became a doctor because like his dad was a doctor, or his dad's a doctor, or like something like that. So I feel that. Who knows, man? But we'll see. We'll be dope. Well, dude, you know what time it is. It's time for you to give him that nugget of the day, brother. No, oh, my nugget was last week, man. It's on the lost tapes. Man, you didn't hear it, man. You gotta run it back. Mm, it's, I don't know, man. I think this is your nugget right here. Nah, man, give him the nugget, man, because I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. All right, I'll, I'll give my nugget back. Um, well, as much as I can remember of it. The, uh, the nugget of the, well, roll the beautiful, roll the beautiful nugget music. Chaz, it's time. Nugget of the day. The nugget of the day, man. The nugget of the day. The nugget of the day, man. No, dude, so my nugget of the day. Uh, was a, I kind of lines up with that last you know conversation we were just having mm-hmm. is the thing I noticed the fastest thing that changed my life from working in corporate America not making a lot of money and you know really dreading every Sunday because I know Sunday is the day before I got to go back to work and I was just depressed man um, mm-hmm. the fastest thing that changed all that for me was the story I told myself. So, and I know it probably, it sounds like some juju stuff. I don't know, like, what everybody thinks about that kind of stuff. But, like, the things that I started saying and the things I started believing about Aaron, um, like, when I started telling myself positive things, like, you know, I can do this. Like, you know, I know what I'm doing. I can charge high ticket. You know, I can get new customers. Like, it's like once I started telling myself that, it started coming true. Um, so I don't know, I don't really know why, um, I don't know why that's the case, but, and that's, that's always my first advice whenever I, 
you know, take somebody new under my wings is the first step. It's got to be the first step is change the way you talk about yourself, change the way you think about yourself, change the story you tell yourself, you know, what is going to happen. Because if you sit around all day and you're like, man, I ain't never going to get no customers. Like my customers are whack. I'm never going to book another good job. Like this is the last one. Like you'll get in that space and that's where you'll live. Um, And like I said, I don't know why that happens. You know, I'm not a psychologist or anything like that, but I know that it's true. Like it's happened for me. It's happened for, you know, other people that I've, that I've helped, you know, become filmmakers. Um, so that's, that's my main nugget right there is when you wake up in the morning, tell yourself something different than you did yesterday. You know, tell yourself where you're going to be, you know, I'm going to be full-time filmmaking. If that's your goal, you know, next year, I'm going to be shooting high class weddings. I'm going to be doing this and that. And you, you tell yourself that and you believe it and watch what happens. Um, you know, if you could have told me, geez, like when we started this podcast, if you would have told me that we'd be where we're at right now. Um, I mean, I'm like, I'm booked up, you know, I've got customers that for some reason love me. Um, and you know, the, the podcast is doing great. Like, I mean, just life is going great. And like, it all started because I started telling myself my life will be great and I'm going to make it that way. Um, so do that guys and just watch what happens. It's not instant. Like you're not going to wake up tomorrow and tell yourself that. And like Bill Gates is going to be like, Hey, like I found you on Instagram and I was curious, like, you know, can you do some video work? But like, watch the, watch the growth start and watch the growth take off, uh, even more so than it already is for you. Um, mm-hmm. and then I had a secondary nugget of the day. Do you remember what it was? Oh, um, I don't think so. I can't remember. I don't remember, but my secondary nugget of the day for today, stop making excuses and get started. The, uh, I've, so quick story. When I started out, I started out with another guy. Um, not like we weren't like partners or something, but he was a friend, um, who started, you know, at a similar spot, like work wise, knowledge wise, um, all that. Um, and dude, less, less than a year, maybe a full year later, this guy was out here, you know, six figures, you know, speaking at conferences and all this stuff. But like, man, it just really blew me away you know, like how, how that stuff can happen. But where I failed is where every day he was taking actions, you know, every, everything he decided to do furthered him. Um, anything that didn't further where he wanted to be, you know, that story he told himself, like, I'm going to be here doing this. Anything that didn't line up with that, he didn't do it. Um, and I was the kind of person at that time that, you know, if it could be put off to tomorrow, then I would do that. Yeah. Um, and I just remember having a conversation with him and being like, man, like, like how would this happen? Like we started at the same place and you, like he pretty much just blew up. Um, but yeah, like stop making excuses. Don't, don't take no for an answer. Like if you want to be a filmmaker, if you want to be a wedding videographer, if you want to do commercial business, like whatever you want to do, maybe you want to be like a cat trainer. I don't know. Like start now, 
you know, the actions that are going to get you there. Like tell yourself you're going to get there and then start. Like if you keep waiting, you know, to start that vlog until you have the perfect setup, or if you keep waiting to approach that customer until your reel is just right, mm -hmm. life is going to pass you by. Yep. And you're going to be sitting there 35 years old wondering like, am I still too old to try this out? Or maybe you're past 35 now. Like, 40 is still young these days, man. Like, you can still learn. The, the information is there. The access is there. Don't, oh, don't yeah. put it off, you know? Oh, yeah. Hmm. That, was, that was super solid, man. Thanks, man. Super solid nuggets of today, man. Those are goals of attraction. You can't yeah. beat that. So, Speaking dude. existence, man. It's about time to wrap this thing up. One thing, man, I still don't get it. No, you know what? If you're listening, guys, and like I can see like the stats, you know, like as good as they have them, you know, because when they present you the information on, uh, you know, our analytics, it's not like 100% accurate, and they tell you that that because there's so many different ways to listen to podcasts and download podcasts, right. it's really difficult to get accurate numbers. But I can tell you that if half the people who hear this episode would just leave us a little like on iTunes, we'd be super thankful. Um, also, dude, news, newsflash for everybody. Um, we are now also on Google Podcasts and Spotify. So if you choose to listen uh, on those services. So I think now, dude, we're on every platform. I don't think there's a platform that we're not a part of uh, podcast-wise. So that's exciting. Um, we still got some growing to do, but I'm definitely excited about the future. Yeah. You got anything else for the audience, man? I got nothing, man. We appreciate you. We do. It's uh, it's fun. I enjoy podcasting. Me too. But as always, Chaz, 